Luke chapter number four. We're going to start reading at verse number 14. It is customary here that we stand for the reading of the word. The scripture says here, if you don't have your Bibles, it's up on the screen. And Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in his synagogues, in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Even Jesus had an understanding of the importance of coming to church. It was his custom and stood up for to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Let's read verse number 21. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. I want to preach today on this subject, what we need in this day. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that we already feel in this place. I pray, God, that we will leave out of here better, stronger, wiser than what we walked in here. Lord, this is your church. We are your people. These are your sheep, and I am your vessel. So help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. We give you glory now. In Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody say amen. If you're ready to receive God's word, clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Praise God. You may be seated. It has always bothered my wife and I when we attend any organizational function, but especially a church when we hear people make statements such as what this place needs is what we need to start doing is and even though the people that are making the statement may be correct in their claim the bigger issue that we have is is that the people that are making the statement don't want to do anything about the statement they're the ones to speak out the loudest, but when you ask them, well, won't you start that ministry then, my brother or sister? Oh, no, I'm not the right one. 
Why don't you initiate that program if you think we need it? Oh, no, that's not me. Well, I would rather you not speak than tell us what we need to do. I would prefer that a person just pray about it at home in your own prayer closet, not in front of the children at home, not in front of your spouse, not at church in the lobby. Don't talk about it in front of everybody else what we need. Why don't you go to the Lord since the Lord has laid it on your heart so deeply? Since it's vexing you so much and you're just so concerned about what we need to do and what we should be doing, why don't you go to God and say, Lord, send us the right person since I'm obviously not the right person. Won't you send us the right person in order for these things to happen? Well, today I'm, I, I, I'm going to tread down that path. Today I, I, I'm going to tell us what we need. Because I truly believe that there is something that we need this day and, and I'm putting myself at risk. Because we have a new members luncheon and we have a lot of guests here today and we have people that are considering Star City Church and after this message you may not consider Star City Church. So, so I'm putting myself out there today. I'm putting myself at risk. But what I want to speak about today, I am truly, uh, I truly believe in what I'm going to be preaching. I stand by what I'm going to be preaching because I believe there is something that we need in this day. And I'm not just preaching concerning this church congregation within the four walls of this church, but I am speaking of churches everywhere across the world. Not just this local assembly, but beyond this local assembly, there is something that we need. We don't just need preaching in our churches. We need anointed preaching in uh, our churches. We don't just need a preacher to get up here and tell somebody how good they are, make them feel good so they can go home feeling good about themselves and not tell them what they need to change about themselves. We don't need a speaker that is a motivational speaker because preachers without the anointing is just a motivational speaker. You might as well travel down to the convention center down in Indianapolis if you want to hear a motivational speaker. But if you want to hear anointed preaching, if you can leave the, the house where it is, but please turn me up here on the platform. We must have anointed preaching because without the anointing, it's just motivational speaking. Jesus said that he was anointed to preach the gospel. Jesus said he was anointed to preach the gospel. And because of his anointing, then there will be broken hearts that would be healed. He said because of his anointing, the captive will be delivered. That's what his word says. He says because of the anointing, then the blind will receive their sight. It doesn't happen by motivational speaking. It happened because of the anointing. That's why we need anointed preaching every church everywhere. I hope 
that this church doesn't want your pastor just to be an anointed pastor or excuse me, an appointed pastor and not be an anointed pastor. Because there are a lot of churches that appoint pastors, but they don't have the anointing on their life. In March of 2020, I was appointed the pastor here in this church by a close to 98% percentile of approval rate in this church, which is said to be the highest percentage ever voted in by a pastor. And I thank the Lord for your approval on my life. But I hope you didn't choose a pastor that was just appointed but you dare say he is not anointed because there are many churches in this city that will appoint their next pastor they will appoint him based off his degree they will appoint him because what seminary school he went to they will appoint him even if they share the same political views they will appoint him for that reason but your degree your seminary background your biblical history even if you can tell me Hebrew and Greek it does not scare the devil it's your anointing that scares the devil. It is your anointing that the enemy is afraid of. So you can come at me with all the letters behind your name all you want to. If you don't know how to fall on your face and fall on your knees and call upon the name of the Lord, the name that sets the captive free, you can't do nothing for me. Hallelujah. We have men that can lift weights but can't lift the Bible. We have men that can put their hands on a woman but, but, but can't put their hands on the word of God. We have men and women that just decide to do whatever they want to do, talk as loud as they want to, but when it comes to worship, they keep their mouth shut. I'm telling you, we don't just need appointing people. We need anointed people. That's why I say this church is not a culture church, but we are a kingdom church. Dare I say we are not a place where you can come for a social club, but we are an anointed church with anointed people that believe chains can be broken, bonds can be set free, people can be healed. But if you're looking for a social club, healing won't happen. If you're looking for a social club, deliverance can happen. But if you're looking for the anointing, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. So people are not the qualifier. God is the qualifier. Hallelujah. See, I was already chosen to be in the city of Lafayette before the church chose me. 
I, I know I'm stepping out there today and I, I thank the Lord for all of you being here today but I'm telling you what I know in my spirit and I'm telling you what type of church you just walked into this is not a social club this is not a place where you can just come and see who's here see who's not here we need the anointing of God and we need preachers all across this world that are anointed of God because we need men and women of God that are not afraid neither ashamed to stand up for the word of God we got too many jellyback lip-wrist preachers that's afraid to stand up for righteousness to stand up for truth but if you got an anointing on your life it doesn't matter what people say God is my qualifier So the Lord qualified me before I even came here. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that God spoke to Samuel and told him to go to the house of Jesse. Search out a king. The scripture lets us know that Jesse had eight sons. But Jesse only brought before Solomon, Samuel. I'm still anointed. Seven sons. He only brought seven of them, leaving the little runts, if you will, to keep the sheep. And so he brings out his sons and oh, Samuel comes to Eliab and says this has to be the one surely the anointing is before him he has to be it look at him look at his stature look at the way he looks he carries himself in such a way he has to be the one and see many times we have churches in this world that are choosing people based on their physical features they're choosing people what will make the church look good based on qualifications that they have on paper but they don't know their prayer life the qualifications they have on paper but they don't even know if they understand and have revelation of his word and so here is Samuel Eliab must be him it must be him the Lord said that is not him I have not chosen him I am not with him Samuel stop looking at the outer appearance man looks at the outer appearance I look at that heart I know a man based off the secret things that he does. I know Eliab's lifestyle. And see, we come to find out how Eliab was. Later, when David went to battle, it was Eliab that spoke up and said, what are you doing here? We know the naughtiness of your heart. What are you? His older brother spoke up against him when David had a purpose, had a designed purpose to be there to take out a giant that his big brother couldn't do. Why his big brother couldn't do it? Because he looked the part, but he didn't have it in his heart. I, I, that's why when I go to people for prayer, I don't look at your outer appearance. I don't look at your pedigree, nor that I look at your last name. I look for people that I know pray. I look for people that I know can touch God. I look for people that I know that when you pray, God's going to hear your voice. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been here at church. I'm going to find somebody that can touch God. So if you want to connect with somebody, connect with somebody that can touch God. Look at his outer. God said, I'm not with him. Huh? Go, on, go on down to the next one. So the Bible says he went to all of them. 
Everyone, he said, hey, you got to have some more sons around here because God said he's here. Why, 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 why we can't find him? Where, where's he at? He said, well, I mean, I do got this one little boy. He, he just keeping a sheep, though. Like, you, you can't be talking about him. The scripture lets us know that as David came, the Lord said, that's him right there. That's the one right there. The Bible says that David was anointed in the midst of his brothers. I'm telling you, my friend, when you are anointed of God, you don't have to tell nobody you're anointed. You don't have to wear a t-shirt that says, I am anointed. You don't have to do, you don't have to post it on social media that says, I'm anointed. You don't have to do none of that stuff. Your friends will know that's an anointed man of God. That's an anointed woman of God. Because God will raise you up right in the midst of people that don't even like you. People that don't even consider you. People that leave you out to dry. God will raise you up in the middle of them. Hmm. Because the devil is not afraid of your higher learning. He's not afraid of your knowledge, your biblical history. You can know all the Hebrew and Greek you want. You can, you can know it all. You can quote it better than me. I don't care. Are you anointed, though? Uh, 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 it's God's hand on your life because that's what the enemy is afraid of. People ask me all the time, man, what seminary school did you go to? Because the way you understand scripture and how, how you can break it down to where anyone can understand it, I really appreciate that about you, Pastor. What, semin- what degree do you have? I say none. Mm-hmm. I told you, I'm stepping out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all finding out who Eddie Robinson is today. Amen. Uh, no, none. I, I didn't go to no, no seminary school. They said, man, how do you know what you know? I said, the Holy Ghost. It's, it's the Holy Ghost, Brother Davis. That's, that's what it is. I didn't sit in some classroom and have some man teach me everything. No, I, I thank the Lord for the foundation and, and the men of God in my life that I've learned from it and be able to adapt from. But I had to get in that word myself, line upon line, precept upon precept. I had to rightly divide the word all to myself. A workman needed not to be ashamed. I, I had to work, break it down myself. I said, this is how I have revelation. It's through the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost leads me and guides me and teaches me. And, and we must understand that because of that, I was sent by God, not sent by the church. Sent by God, approved by the church. Sent by God and the church seen the anointing so they approved the man of God. That's why the scripture says in the book of Romans, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him Of whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without someone say a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be everyone say sent? They must be sent by God. Sent by God. That is how we know that the anointing is upon someone because they are God sent, not man sent. I want a God-sent man of God. I want a God-sent person in my life. Not want someone just man said, I think this is a good candidate. We have too many churches all across this world that have good candidates, but they're not God-sent. Hallelujah. 
Don't allow figures and numbers. This church is going to continue to grow and blossom and do great things in the kingdom of God. But don't allow a number to confuse you that someone is God sent. Because if they're God sent, if the anointing's upon them, hearts will be mended. The broken heart will be healed. The captive will be set free. That's what Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. And because the anointing is upon my life, here's the results. Hallelujah. That's why I rejoice when people come in here and say, Pastor, I went to the doctor. I'm healed. Pastor, the doctor said I can't have a baby. Here's the baby. Pastor, the doctor said this is going to happen. But look what the Lord did because it's just showing proof that God's anointing is upon my life. That God's anointing is in this church because you see proof. And that's why when you read in scripture, if we stay with the story of, 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 of David here just for a moment, that when Saul had an evil spirit upon him. I want you to, matter of fact, can, you, can we please go there to 1 Samuel uh, chapter number 16? I want us to read verse 17 and 18. First Samuel, thank you. It says, and Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man, listen, that can play well. Saul asks for someone that can play well. And I want you to find that person that can play well, bring him unto me. But look at verse number 18. The scripture says, then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing. He can play very well, very experienced. He knows what he's doing. But he doesn't stop there. He says he's a mighty, valiant man, a man of war. He's prudent in all matters. The Bible says, and a commonly person, and the Lord is with him. They not only found someone that can play well, but they also found someone that was anointed. And how do we know he's anointed? Because the way you know, results will follow. That's why when David began to play the harp, the evil spirit that was upon Saul, it left him. That's why we don't just need anointed preaching, we also need anointed musicians. We need musicians that are up here on the platform that don't just come here for show, but they come up here and pray, say, Lord, let the anointing flow through me. Let the spirit of God rest upon me. Let the spirit of God flow through here. Because before the preacher even gets up to preach, the music can drive out the evil spirit. You ever came in here with a bad attitude, but all of a sudden the music started to play, the singer started to sing, and God began to change your spirit? Oh boy, some of you still got a bad attitude. Well, let me keep preaching then. I mean, some of you are like, mm-hmm. That happened to me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh-huh. You need anointed musicians. Because, and see, that's why you have to be very careful what type of music you listen to, even, even if it's just instrumental music. Because if a spirit can be played out, that means it can be played in. So you can be listening to certain music. I don't care if there's words to it or there's not words to it. It doesn't matter. You have to be very careful what you're listening to because if a spirit can be played out, that means you're playing that spirit right on in. Mm-hmm. 
That's why we need anointing in this place. That's why this church, I hope that you pray that your pastor is anointed. I hope that you pray that our musicians are anointed. I hope that you pray that our singers are anointed because we're not just here for show. We're here for the anointing and the glorification of God. Because when God is glorified, great things happen. Manifestation happens. Visitation happens. And we have churches all over this world where there's no anointed preaching, there's no anointed singing, there's no anointed musicians, no change. Why go to a church week after week and there's no change? What type of God are you serving then? What type of God is it? Everyone that came in contact with Jesus Christ, they changed. They always left better. They always left greater. There was always change or resistance. So either you change or you resist, but you still have to feel something. The anointing is still tugging at your heart. It's up to you to change. But that's why we need the anointing of God upon the man of God. And that's why we need the anointing of God upon every musician and every singer. It doesn't matter if it's happening here or in children's church. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. You know, some of us send our kids off and say, Get here, you take them. You've been dealing with them all morning. They, they acting crazy and you just just saying good luck to the Sunday school department. Matter of fact, that's the t-shirt that you should wear. Good luck. You know, you, you just send them off. No, you need to send them off saying, Lord, move upon that Sunday school teacher. I pray that they are anointed. Move upon the singers. and You know they're having their own little church back there. They're having singing. They're having worship. They should be praying, Lord, let the anointing fall upon them so there can be a change in my children. There can be a change in their life. Lord God, move upon them. Help them, God, because I want my children to grow up loving righteousness, loving holiness, loving separation, loving this gospel truth. Amen. So what do we need in this day? We need anointed men and women of God. That's what we need. We need anointed men and women of God. I want you to understand something here. There's a story in the book of Acts chapter number 13. I'm going to conclude with this story here. I want us to start at verse number one in Acts chapter number 13. Look at what the scripture says. It says, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manane, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost began to speak. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth, how? By the Holy Ghost. That's how they were led, by the Spirit of God. Drop down, please, to verse number 13. It says, now when Paul and his company loose from Patphys, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Verse number 14, but when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch and Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Listen here now, verse number 15. 
And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them saying, after they went through their customary thing. That's why we are not culture church, we're kingdom church. I'm going to keep repeating that. Customary means you do this, you do this, you do this, you go home. You do this, you do, that's customary. Customary church, you can predict what's going to happen at this particular time. In a kingdom church, there's got to be more than that. If God is there, there's got to be more than that. If his spirit is there, there has to be more than that. They said, after all the customs, after we got through all the preliminaries, the men and brethren, ye men and brethren, he says, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, that means if you've got an anointed word from God, if you have something that can speak to our hearts so that we don't leave here the exact same way we left here the last Sabbath. Somebody here today needs to make that decision. When I was in church last, I can't leave here the exact same way because I need a change in my life. So preacher, if you've got a word from God, please give me that word from God. I don't want something that's just going to make me feel good. If you've got to step on my toes, step on my toes. But I need a word from God. I need something that's going to step into my situation. Anybody need a great God to step into your situation? today that you're tired of dealing with the same thing over and over you've tried everything you can but it seems like nothing is working out in your favor I wish I had about five or six witnesses in here that knew that when you allow God to step in your situation I promise you God can turn your situation around can I get five or six more witnesses will you ever allow God to step in your situation because there's people in here today that need to know that there's a real God that can make real change Hallelujah. And so they said, hey, if you've got anything to say, we've done our customs, we've done everything we can do, but do you have a word from God? Can you say on? The Bible says, please drop down all the way down. We're going to skip some things here. Drop all the way down to verse number 42. They begin to say on, they begin to exhort unto them and preach unto them. But if you drop down to verse number 42, look what it says. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue... <laughs> the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath day. They said, hey, what you just said unto us, can you come back again and preach like that again? I know the Jews have left, all the religious people have left, all the people, you know, they've been raised in this thing. They've been taught this thing. They know all the laws. They know everything. But us Gentiles, we don't know much. And we don't come from much. And we're not used to that type of preaching. We're not used to feeling the way that we feel. So after they left, they said, hey, can y'all come back? We don't want to just go through the custom." My God, my God, we don't want to go through motions anymore. I need you guys to come back. We want that type of preaching. We, my God, I hope I'm preaching to a church. I hope y'all chose the right pastor because I don't want to go through motions. I want things where God has his way, where God takes control, where chains can be broken, bands can be loose, people can be healed and delivered by the anointing. So, so, 
They said, hey, can y'all come back? Hold on, hold on. Let's, uh, let's, let's, look what happens, though, in verse number uh, uh, 43. It says, so now the congregation was broken up. Many of the Jews and the religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. But look what happened in verse number 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost who? The whole city. Because when you decide that you want the anointing, you won't be satisfied with nothing regular. When you, I say when you decide that you want the anointing of God, you go tell everybody, you got to come see this. You got to come hear this. You got to come feel this. This just isn't some ordinary normal church, but the anointing of God is in this place. What do you mean? Just come see it for yourself. I promise you, you won't leave out of here the exact same way, but something will get a hold of your heart. Something will grip your mind something will change your soul has anybody came to church you didn't know what was taking place but something got a hold of your hands something got a hold of your feet something got a hold of your mind and God began to change your life listen to me now the Bible says the whole city came. well excuse me let me quote the Bible right almost the whole city Don't worry about those that say no. Go to the next person that's going to say yes. Did you get that? Amen. They teach you that in sales. If you work in sales, they say, hey, your no is one step closer to a yes. That motivational talk. So after you got 15 no's, the next one's got to be a yes. It's still a no. Especially if you come to my house. Amen. It's motivational, right? Just one step closer to a yes. Somebody's going to say it. Almost the whole city came out. Uh-huh. Why? Because there was something different. There was an anointing. And that's why we need the anointing. Because the yokes are destroyed by the anointing. Don't chase pedigree. Don't chase degrees. Stop following that YouTube preacher just because he got prophet and bishop behind his name. Stop following that YouTube preacher just because he's been around for 30, 40 years. Stop following this person just because they have eight and 10,000 members and they look good and they got the stage lights and they got all the fancy stuff, but there's no anointing. They can put a few words together that sound good, that look good, and they, they blowing on people and everybody falling that false junk that's ridiculous. I don't have to blow on nobody. I let the wind of the Holy Ghost blow on them. Uh-huh. I've seen people slain in the spirit, but I didn't have to touch them or blow on them. It's the Holy Ghost that does it. That's why we need the anointing of God in our churches. We need every church in this city to desire the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when you have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you'll preach against sin. When you have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you'll stand against homosexuality. When you have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, your men will look like men, your women will look like women. When you have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you're not afraid to say, come out of those drugs, come out of that alcohol, come out of that mess, come out of that lifestyle, because you have the anointing of the Holy Ghost on your life, and you're not afraid of man and what man can do to you, but I stand firm on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. When the anointing is on the man of God. When the anointing. 
You're not not afraid, neither ashamed, because I fear God more than I fear man. Man can say, oh, don't say that stuff. Don't say that. Don't you. You'll get in trouble. With who? With you? I'm going to be in trouble with him more than I am with you. I've got to stick to this word right here. That's what I'm held accountable to. When you have the anointing on your life and the anointing is flowing in a church service and we need men and women of God that walk and operate in the anointing. We need you all to operate in the anointing. Every one of you are anointed of God and you need to walk in that anointing. You need to speak in it, believe in it. It's not just one or two people that is anointed. You are anointed. And you need to stand firm in what you believe in, knowing that the anointing of God is on your life. Because just like they ignored David, they're ignoring you. Some of you feel ignored. Oh, I can't do nothing. All I do is this. All I do is that. No, there's a giant out there that everybody that's all big time can't even take care of. But somebody that's just taking care of the sheep. Nobody even knows what you're doing. But when a lion came, you took care of that lion. When a bear came, you took care of that bear. And now God is get what you did in secret. God is about to ward you openly. And now something is about to take place right in the midst of your brothers and say the anointing is upon my life. What you could not do, watch me do. Not by my power. Power, not by my might, but by his spirit. I'm telling someone you need to walk in the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why we must have anointed people and not just appointed people. So what do we need in this day? We need anointed preachers. We need anointed preachers that step behind platforms. We need anointed preaching. Not just a motivational speaker. Not just someone that went to some... I'm not against education in school. My wife and I are both educated. We're very educated. Educated people. Went to plenty of school. Don't want to go back. I'm done. That's right. People are like, man, why don't you go after your doctor? No, 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 no. No, if you want to call me Dr. Robinson, it sounds good. I'm not doing it. And those of you that do, I'm like, you better go. I'm going to stay right here. We're, We're educated people. I'm not talking against the education. I'm saying that people put more value on the education than they do the anointing. People are putting more value on the education than they are chasing after the things of God. And I'm telling you to chase out of the things of God and God will give you everything that you need both naturally and spiritually. That's why I married this woman. I'm going to close with this. That's why I married this woman. Because when I used to watch her, I used to see how she handled difficulty. I used to see how she handled things that would go wrong in her own personal life before we got married. I wanted to see that for myself. Mm Mm-hmm. I just didn't date her for about two months and then say, all right, let's go ahead and get married. No, I wanted to watch this woman to see what she did because I wanted to see when controversy came her way, did she go read a book or did she pick up the book? Did she go yelling and screaming to her friends or did she go yelling and screaming at God in a prayer room? I wanted to see how she handled situations. I want to see, do you pray? Do you worship? Do you read your word? Do you have a lifestyle that when we connect, we can be elevated together? We can be anointed together. Hallelujah. It is important that you chase after the anointing. My God, my God, my God. My God. Uh, Can can I help some single folks out here? 
Okay, I will. Nobody said amen. I will. See, when, when a man goes after one of my girls, my hope and my prayer, it's not like that yet. They still have another 55 years. <laughs> Can I get amen? Amen. I felt the Lord on that. No, I didn't. Listen, listen. When, when a man goes after one of my girls, I want my girls to be so close to Jesus, so close to the heartbeat of Jesus that they have to find Jesus before they can find them. That's, that's how close I want them to be to Jesus. They don't, they don't think they can get them before they got Jesus. Hallelujah. You better, go to, you better go get Jesus first before you come saying, can I marry your woman? My daughter. <laughs> Amen. But, but that is a prayer of mine. But it's up to them to have that desire to go after. I can't force them to do that. You can't force one another to do that. Some of you wives are so upset with your husband saying, won't you do this? Or won't you do that? I'm sorry. It's an individual thing. You just have to go after him yourself. Some husbands mad at their, their wife. I mean, it goes both ways. You just got to go after him yourself. You go after him yourself. God will take care of him. He, he got to deal with that husband or that wife. He's got to deal with them. But I, I've got to go after that. Because it's the anointing that I yearn for more than anything. And I'm telling you, you ought to be so anointed and so used of God that it's just a natural thing. I'm trying to challenge some people here today. Go back home. Now, some of you have anointed your homes, and I thank God that you have. If you haven't, I challenge you to do that. But I want you to take it a step further. I want you to walk out in your driveway, and I want you to pour some anointing oil on your driveway. See, some of y'all looking at me like, you crazy, pastor. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm not crazy, just anointed. And I, I, I want you to walk down your sidewalks, all right? The sidewalk that's in front of your house, I want you to just drip some anointing oil right on that sidewalk. Uh -huh. Yes, I do. Matter of fact, I want you to walk around your grass and just drip a little anointing oil in the grass. Wherever you go, I'm telling you, that's how much you should desire the anointing. That when people walk on your sidewalk... You're not hearing me right now. That when people come knocking on your door, before they can even get to the doorbell, huh, there's something already shifting in their hearts uh, and in their mind. Uh -huh. you're, you, you're not hearing me. That's how much you should desire the anointing. That's how much you should believe uh, in the anointing. You throw it everywhere and say, in the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus. Believing results will follow. Hallelujah. I wonder if I have some folks in here that's bold enough just to try that. You, you, you know what's interesting about that? You know what's interesting about that is that we'll try everything else. A doctor can hand you a pill and says, we're just going to try this. We're going to see if this works. And you're like, I think it's working, doc. <laughs> no, it's not. You told yourself that. We will try something, and it's just a trial. It's a clinical trial. You are the guinea pig. Yes, you are. Uh-huh. But we'll do it and try it just to see because we're hoping for a result. Why don't you try the things of God? Ooh, hallelujah. I know I got about 50% of your attention right now, but that's okay. I'm going to preach to 50% of you right now. Won't you try the things of God? You've tried everything else. Try the things of God. Because I'm telling you, we need people in the city of Lafayette, West Lafayette, and the surrounding cities that are anointed of God.
God. I'm preaching to you right now because it's the same message that I'm preaching to our teenagers. I've got teenagers right now that I'm telling you, you will be anointed of God. You will be used of God. God will bring you out because if I can't get 30, 50, 60 year olds to believe it, I'm going to get some 17 year olds to believe it. But I wonder, do I have anybody in here that will leap to your feet and say, Pastor, I believe it. I believe in the anointing. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the things of God. I believe in the ways of God. I believe that God is able to do all things, but we must have the anointing. We must be anointed. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray for your pastor that he stays anointed. I, I don't have time to preach about this today. I do, but I won't, I won't do it. The anointing can be lifted off of you. Listen. The Holy Spirit can dwell in you, but the anointing can be lifted off of you. My Lord. I'm looking forward to our new members' lunch, and I want to see who all shows up. Amen. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit can be in you, but God can say, mm, my hand. Mm -mm. I'm not with that person anymore. God told Samuel, stop praying for Saul. He said, I have rejected him. My anointing is no longer with him. That doesn't mean his love wasn't with Saul. Come on, follow me, follow me. Stay with me, stay with me. That doesn't mean he stopped loving Saul. I mean, that doesn't mean he stopped caring for Saul. God, God, he'll always love you. He'll always care for you. He'll always do things for you, even though we don't deserve it. But that doesn't mean his anointing will be upon you. I'm done with Saul. I'm going to go to find me a man after my own heart. I want my anointing to be on him. And that is my desire today. God, make me a man after your heart. I wonder if I have some men and women that want to be after his heart. And Lord God, I want the anointing upon my life. I'm telling you that God wants to use you in your own home. That when you lay hands upon yourself, when you lay hands upon your children, when you lay hands upon the things that you need God to change, you have the power to do that. Why? Because of the anointing. The Bible says the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing not because of your name not because of who you are not because of what school you went to not because of all the things we put emphasis on in the world it's because God says my anointing is upon you and I'm telling you right now signs and wonders will follow the anointing Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and because of it those that have broken hearts they're going to be healed those that are blind they're going to receive sight those that are captive they're going to be set free why Jesus because the anointing is upon me let's close our eyes right now